in 2025, Dream Theater are going to be 40 years old. If they were to phone you and say, do you want to come and do a live show as our 40th anniversary? Is that something you, that you would do as, as a hired gun for a one-off show? I am joined by Mr. Mike Portnoy. Yes. <laughs> How are you? Good, man. How are you doing? I, I'm delicious. Thank you. Delicious. Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just wanted to give you an interesting answer. I figured that you'd be doing interviews uh, all day. So, um, you know, let's let's give you something fun to, to, to work <laughs> with. Um, I was wondering if it would be okay with you, if you and I could start this interview with a very quick game um, called This or That, where basically, Mike, it's a quick fire question round. You have to just explain which one of the two you prefer and you don't have to give an answer why. Okay. It's fun. I promise. <laughs> okay. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Kindred spirits or beating the odds? Beating the odds, only because it's newer. What actual beat of the bar do you even come in on that? I've tried. I've sat down and tried to work that out. I'm like, duh, 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 duh. like where, where does it even? It's so crazy. Well, once the drums are there, like you know, you're hearing it with the drums there. But when we were working on it uh, as just a riff, it was really, really weird to <laughs> feel. We couldn't feel yeah. it for the longest time. But yeah. Okay. But now you're, you're getting the benefit of the of the, the drums there to help <laughs> yeah, yeah. lock them. Yeah, but that's true. That's true. Um, in terms of album, six degrees of inner turbulence or octavarium. Ooh, um, I, six degrees because overall it's heavier. Okay. Uh, you know, I love the glass prison and great debate. Oh, yeah. I also love disappear, which isn't heavy, but I love the production on that one, and uh, of course the title track was epic. So, yeah. Yeah, if we're talking strictly albums, yeah, I think albums. Six, yeah, six degrees. Okay. Uh, in terms of tracks, Kaleidoscope or Into the Blue? Into the Blue. Okay. Yeah, Into the Blue is, I think, one of my favorite transatlantic songs. And that cool. middle section with Daniel Gildenlow uh, gives me goosebumps every time. Yeah, man. It's awesome. Uh, Elevate or Zandu? Uh, are we talking the, the Winery Dogs? The U2 song and the Rush song? No. <laughs> Or, or the winery dogs songs. <laughs> the winery dogs. Elevate. I think Elevate's real special just because it was like the world's introduction to the band. Sure. So yeah, it holds a special place in my heart. Okay. Penultimate question for you. Um, from Avenged Sevenfold, Nightmare or Save Me? Save Me. Absolutely. Great track. Yeah, Great that, track. Was their, that was their prog epic. And uh, that was a... Yeah. A fun one to record. 100%. Okay, your last one. And I'm going to judge you for this. Schmedley Wilcox or Instrumedley? Instrumedley. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because Instrumedley was, first of all, it's got more tracks in it. Schmedley Wilcox was just a, a medley, you know, chunk, 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 chunk. Whereas Instrumedley was very, very uh, creatively put together, the way it weaves in and out of all different things. And, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, instrumentally was surely one of the, the the more fun things we've done in terms of medleys for sure. Instrumentally, I need to tell you something. Instrumentally, actually, it actually changed my life. Now I know that you meet people now. Like, hey man, your music really changed my life. But genuinely, I'm one of those people whose music <laughs> you you changed their fucking life. I was on Drummer World um, when I was a teenager, and I act I didn't know who you were, and I accidentally clicked as a teenager um, on Mike Portnoy instead of Cozy Powell, and I was <laughs> presented with the last ninety seconds of Instrumentally. You know the Hell's Kitchen and the tubular bells and the strings and. Um, 
yeah, it was it was orgasmic. I'm not going to lie. Um, and uh, it was it, from there. I, I I went out and I bought every Dream Theater album that the songs were on from Instrumentally and of course Liquid Tension. So that was a fantastic wow. idea to get people to buy your albums if that wasn't what the thought was to do already. Wow, amazing. Was it um, Instrumentally from Live at Budokan or was it from no, the Modern Drummer Modern Festival? Drummer, Modern Drummer. Wow. Yeah. Where I was playing backwards with my back to the audience. Yeah. That was yeah. So, that was that was random. How, what what was your thought? Was that just so people could kind of see everything, I suppose? Well, it was a drum festival. Well, first of all, the, the fun thing about that was uh um uh, before I brought uh the, the Dream Theater guys out, which was a surprise, mm-hmm. I did uh, a Beatles that was the debut of Yellow Matter Custard, and yeah. I did that with Neil Morris and Paul Gilbert and and uh, Matt Bissonette. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I'm playing the Modern Drummer Festival where they expected me to have this 100-piece drum kit and doing all these crazy <laughs> drum solos, but I came out with a Ringo kit playing yeah, yeah, yeah. Beatles songs. So that was kind of just, for me, for my fun, you know, like yeah. that was just, that, you know, just making my childhood dream come true. Mm-hmm. Selfishly, uh, depriving a, an audience full of drummers with, you know, <laughs> but then the, the surprise was we hit the final chord of a day in the life and then That's, the curtain yeah. comes up and my kit comes, the massive Siamese monster comes out and then, all right, surprise, you know, yeah, and I yeah, yeah, John, yeah. Jordan and John with me to play instrumentally. But the idea of spinning the kit around was, you know what, it's a drum festival. Uh, every person in the audience is a drummer. So let, let's spin the, the riser the other way so they could like yes. see what it's like behind that kit, yeah. you know, and give them all that, that, um that, that uh point, that vantage point. That was awesome. It was very, very cool. I really enjoyed that. I, I reckon I watched that in excess of about 16,000 times. Um, uh, I didn't leave the house that year, actually. Um, I have to share something with you quite personal, actually. Um, Liquid Tension. And I know that we're going to talk about the winery dogs, but I, I have to, while I've got you here, I'm going to be, I've, I've got to share a story with you. Um, like you, uh, I lost my dad um, in 2003. My dad was a drummer. And just after he got his diagnosis um, of, of a terminal illness, we we spent the day sitting together, listening to records like Led Zeppelin and randomly in his collection of CDs was Liquid Tension 2. And we looked at the sleeve together and my dad being a drummer, he said, Carl, like, look at this guy's drum kit. And we hit, he hit play on Acid Rain. And um, therefore, you are part of one of my last ever memories of my own dad. Um, wow. which which made me so happy as to when you release Liquid Tension 3, the emotional connection that I've got to that 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 project of yours, it, it was such an overwhelming experience for me and um, the record was great as well. So wow. off the back of that, Liquid Tension Live Tour and Liquid Tension 4, please. <laughs> yeah, I'd love uh, both for sure. I guess... Um... It all depends on everybody's schedules. Uh, Tony is firing back up with Peter Gabriel, and I know he's going to be out with Peter Gabriel most of this year. And obviously, John and Jordan are out with Dream Theater, and I'm going to be out with the Winery Dogs. But yeah, I'm I'm all up for shows and the fourth album. So you know, yes. just say, just say when. You know, it's when? up to the when. I'm, I'm saying oh. it. I'm fucking saying it. <laughs> well, yeah, you got to. We... Talk to the other three guys, but I'm I have, there. I have, <laughs> I pestered Jordan all the time for it. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Fingers crossed. It happens again. We've got to do it. Again, uh, do it. Yeah. Um, it, you, the, the, the winery dogs, obviously your, your new album um, is coming out on the third, which by the time this goes out, it will actually be after the third. So we'll just say it's out now. The winery dogs brand new album is out now. How do you think that this album stacks up to the previous two what's different about this um 
I think it falls somewhere between the first two. You know, the first two, the first one was really strong, I think, from top to bottom, just a classic mm-hmm. album. Every song was a powerhouse. And and then the second album was a little bit more experimental, tried a few yes. different twists and turns. I think this this third one kind of falls somewhere in between. Um, it was purposely shorter. We purposely wanted to, you know, cap it with 10 songs this time around. Uh, so it's a little more concise. Um, but yeah, also having had seven years off, mm-hmm. I think re-inspired us for sure. You know, we... Um, you know, we were able to get away, catch our breath, do the different things we do. And then coming back together just yeah. made it that much more exciting and special for us. What makes the Winery Dogs different to any other project that you've ever worked on? Because you have worked with 64,922 different bands. Yeah. <laughs> what, what What's different about this one, man? I've said this before, but it's the truth. I mean, the Winery Dogs is pretty much the only thing I do that's not prog or metal everything else okay. i do has, has its foot in one or the other or both you know either prog or metal whereas okay. winery dogs is really not either of those it's a whole different kind of animal it's tapping more into you know the classic rock sound of the six late 60s early 70s that kind of organic like zeppelin mm. cream hendrix thing you know and and you know more so than any of the other things I do, this is really kind of rooted in that. Plus, it's a trio, you know, that's also different. Mm. And playing in a trio is a whole different kind of approach and, and sound and style. So we get to really fill out a lot of space with just the three of us. But easier in the mixing room after, right? There's only there's only three. There's Everything only three is easier. Yeah. There's more room in the dressing room, more room on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> more money for us to split you know <laughs> Everything's easier. less less people to argue with everything yeah. and that's why all the greatest trios uh never really change lineups you know rush muse the police the police muse yeah. king's x cream you know zz top it was always when you look at these trios they never changed lineups you know kind of sure. once they locked in they were they always stayed the same you know. which which project of yours that you have been in since the beginning of your career has been the biggest eye-opener for you? When have you kind of really sat down after working with a musician or an artist or a band and you kind of gone, oh shit, like that's that's great. Or maybe I need to do more of this. Maybe I need to do less of this. Like what, what, what artist has made you your most reflective? Well, I mean, of course, Dream Theater, you know, that's where it began. And that was the first 25 years of, my career and you know it was my baby and something that was you know we spent so much time building and developing so yeah of course that's the obvious answer and that's the most significant thing of my you know if part of my legacy and career of course um but obviously i'd have to mention you know all the stuff i've done with neil morse as well you know neil and i have done i think over 25 studio albums together at this point i think Mm -hmm. well over 50 albums if you count live recordings you know we are um depending on how you count it we're in anywhere between three to six different bands together you know neil moore's band <laughs> transatlantic flying colors then you also have neil's solo albums and then you also have mine his and randy's cover to cover series then yeah. you have yellow matter custard so you know obviously the, the the stuff that neil and i have done together has had a huge significant uh part of my entire discography and career 
I suppose then with you talking about how many different bands you're in, how many different projects you're work on, are you working on? It would lead me organically to ask this question, Mike, in your career, what has been the biggest spinal tap moment of your life? Oh man. Uh, I mean, there's been so many, everything from <laughs> falling off stages to not being able to find the stages, you know, it's actually happened. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I remember also, uh, you know, uh, I think we dream theater was playing a gig somewhere in Texas in the nineties and right. they rolled the intro tape for a change of seasons while we were still in the dressing room, you know, not even, you know, not even ready to leave for the stage. So yeah, things like that happen all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Everything you've seen in spinal tap has happened at one point or another to every musician out there. Are you looking forward to spinal tap too? Oh man, I can't wait. Yeah. Let's I go just, together. I'll fly over. <laughs> I hope I live long enough to see it though. You know, that's, fucking that's my, hell, this has gone well depressing. <laughs> well, every time I hear of a, a a TV show or a movie that's announced, you know, three years in advance, it's like, oh God, now I just got to hope I live to see it. You know, like yeah. when they announced the Twin Peaks return, Christ. but it was going to still be like three or four years before it's out, you know? So, fucking hell, man. We were just talking about music and now we're talking about your death um but you know it's it's, it's, it's it's the only thing in life that's certain oh jesus this is this is terrible <laughs> um what would your what would your advice be right because well let me rephrase that we're living in a really fucking turbulent time for artists we are um you know we're coming out of covid uh the emerging scene is still on its life support machine and and really you know big artists like yourself and the projects that you're in have been lucky that after, you know, a two year hiatus, you've had a business to come back to. You've had a stage to get back onto, but what would your advice be to an unsigned band or artist that was really struggling, Mike, to, to break the industry the way that you did back in the eighties? Well, it's a, it's a very, very different time and there's pros and cons. Obviously the cons are, uh that you really can't make money off of music anymore everything is out there and just streaming for free and people expect to just get the music for free yeah. so that much has changed you know uh much differently from from when we were coming up uh that's the downside but the 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 good side is is you know you you know these new bands you don't need to have a record deal to get your music out there you know you have the ability mm. to put it on youtube or instagram and you know, use your social media to get it out there and, and have your music heard all around the world, yeah. you know, without needing Rolling Stone magazine or MTV to to embrace it the way that we did when we were coming up. So, yeah, yes. in that respect, you know, you, I think artists and musicians have their independence. Uh, but I, you know, I get worried for the, you know, the, the amazing musicians and artists that aren't going to be able to make a living off of it financially and are going to throw in the towel a lot easier than they would have, you know, many, many years mm -hmm. ago. That, that's the part that scares me, you know, people, you know, people just not being able to, to, to make a living at it and just have no choice, but to go get a job as a, an electrician or a teacher or mm -hmm. whatever. You know? And that's, that's, the, that's sad, but uh, hopefully the, the musicians perseverance and dedication and focus and vision uh you know can remain strong in mm. in these times it's harder you know it, not only streaming music but also getting on the road it's more and more expensive for bands yeah. to tour and make yes. money at the shows 
Um, so luckily I'm in a position where here, you know, I'm already 30 years plus into my career where financially I could, I could do this. Uh, but that's the scary part for younger musicians that maybe can't handle the financial pressures and aren't able to pursue it to the length that maybe they would have had to have. I think musicians are like water. You, you need musicians, you need water, you know, you, you that they will all, they will always be be here in some capacity um i guess just as you as you rightly say you know it's how, how that's going to be consumed how the, the business is going to be be molded around um a very very turbulent time um in in this kind of business um with, with, with regards to you know we we have actually joked about your death and that is something i didn't think we were going to do um <laughs> but in a hundred years mike what would you like your legacy to be? How would you like people to remember you by? Are we talking like the big drum kits? Are we talking about the work you've done, the fact that you're a dad and a husband? Like, what what is the thing that you would love people to remember you by? And how would you want to be remembered? Well, uh, you know, dad and husband comes first, obviously. That's yeah, that's, you a, know, that's it, the the boring one. That's <laughs> yeah. yeah. But but musically, musically, <laughs> I you know, I hope that. Uh, the big picture. It's all about the discography and all the music I've made with all the different bands. Uh, you know, that was important for me after leaving Dream Theater was to, you know, have this this discography and this, you know, career filled with so many different bands and albums and, mm. you know, collaborations with other great musicians and artists that I, that I respect and admire. You know, it was always to me about that, the big picture and being more than just the drummer with the massive drum kit playing drums with dream theater. I wanted to mm. have uh, this legacy filled with all these different styles and all these different collaborations and all these different bands. So, and that work ethic, you know, the work, my work ethic is, is really important to me, you know, um, just, you know, constantly working on stuff and producing and, and, you know, creating, you know, that's to me so important to keep busy and, and keep focused and keep creative. Where does it go next? Where does it go? You've done, you are, I think, probably, in my, my opinion, you are the greatest living drummer in the world. Um, and that's Thank 10, you. that's 10 pounds, please. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> gotta, gotta think of the cash. Um, but uh, no, seriously, you, you I, I wholeheartedly don't think there is anybody as, as, as good as you and as iconic as you. Um, but, where you've you've done so much where does it go next well i appreciate you saying that I, I you know i've said this a million times and i think it's honest to god's truth i don't think there's such thing as greatest or better than i think it's all you know music is subjective so it's just a matter of what reaches you and touches you and appeals to you uh but i mean there's so many zillions of drummers out there that could play circles around me you know i've seen like eight-year-old girls on instagram that are playing the dance of eternity so to me it's not just about ability you know to me being a musician and an artist is so much more than just playing your instrument well it's about how you utilize your instrument and how you're a creative artist uh so but anyway, I, I just wanted to say that I appreciate you saying that about me, and I I really do appreciate that. But to me, it's all about the big picture and the the whole package. But as far as where do I go, I don't I don't know. You know, I just I feel incredibly fulfilled to have done every everything I have done up to this point. It's been an incredibly fulfilling career, and uh, you know, where do I go? I just want to keep doing it and just keep 
you know, keep you like, making music. Do you feel like you're chasing your tail? Because you've, you've done everything. <laughs> like, you like you know, and, and, I, and I know from having, you know, watched you know documentaries on 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 you in in bands and and things like that i know that you are the sort of person that you know you, you'd be up until the early hours of the morning you know if you had an idea in your head until that idea was finished and you'd send it off to right. your, your band members but that's why i guess i asked if if you are honestly um you know in in that in that circle of chasing your tail perhaps i mean you know when you when you make as many albums as i do i think you know i think since dream theater i've made something like 40 or 50 albums or something ridiculous like that you know there's something to be said for the keeping busy and keeping creative like that but then there's also something to be said for like you said chasing your tail like where do you go at this point i just you know i just love playing i love touring um i don't know you know i i would always welcome another kind of hired gun gig i've really enjoyed that yeah that you know uh playing with Avenged Sevenfold or Twisted mm. Sister and, and kind of just being the drummer only uh, yeah. was, a, you know, very, very satisfying in, in a lot of respects, you know, just going and playing the big shows. And so, yeah, I would I would welcome another scenario like that if the right band came around, you know, uh, you know, Foo Fighters, you know, Dave Grohl. <laughs> you know. I, I fucking said this. I've said this to so many people. Like, I don't know if you're friends with him or whatever, but yeah, definitely, man. You've, you've, you've got to push for that. Um, yeah, you know, I guess, I, you know, any gig like that, any kind of hired gun, big gig, you know, I, I really enjoyed doing that in the past. So, yeah, that's something that would I would definitely welcome in the future if the right one came around. This leads me into a question that I, I have to ask you. Um, and... I'm going to ask this in the most respectful, polite and lovely way possible. Talking about being hired uh, like a, a hired gun. Um, in 2025, Dream Theater are going to be 40 years old. If they were to phone you and say, do you want to come and do a live show as our 40th anniversary? Is that something you, that you would do as as a hired gun for a one off show, you know, for the 40th birthday? Or is that something that you you, you have now put to bed, which you have said many times before? <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I wanted to ask. Well, um, you know, I, I I would surely welcome the idea. Absolutely. You know, and I've told the guys such like, you know, depending on the circumstances, obviously, there's a lot of hypothetical circumstances. Um, I don't know if I'd necessarily want to be a hired gun for a band that I formed, you know, sure. uh, so uh, I was trying you know, to be that, diplomatic. <laughs> right. I, I mean, it's a little bit of a strange term in that respect. But if you're asking, would I ever play with the guys again? Sure. If the right hypothetical situation came about yeah of course i'm always open to that um yeah. we would really like the winery dogs to come to the uk um i know that your tour starts very very soon and people can get their tickets online um what can people expect from this very magnificent show um that we can't wait for uh well we we're looking forward to playing again i mean the winery dogs is just a great live band it's like a three ring circus and uh <laughs> i think we have a few uk dates already announced for june nice. uh so we'll be there in june and uh if you have a few european festivals on that same run but yeah we've announced a handful of uh dates already for europe and uk and i think there's more to come uh whether it be part of that summer run or maybe later in the year so yeah i mean we're planning on being out on the road all year amazing. long amazing yeah um mike portnoy thank you thank you so much for coming on it's it's taken 417 instagram <laughs> comments lots of texts to jordan rudess to try 
<laughs> to um, try and get you but um i look i really really appreciate you coming on and uh, it's, a, it's a huge huge fanboy moment for me as well and i've tried to keep my cool and thank you for sliding into my dms on instagram that was <laughs> Well, you know, I great. aim to please. I aim to please, dude. You're, you're, you you aim too, please. <laughs> that's a sign. That's a sign hanging in my bathroom. We aim to please. You aim too, please. <laughs> we need to hang out. We'd have fun. <laughs> <laughs>